Welcome to the Miller Oddcast, a brand new podcast from the Missouri Review. For over 40 years now, TMR has been discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Our quarterly magazine appears in print, digital, and audio formats. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. Hello and welcome to the Miller Oddcast, the Missouri Review podcast where we listen to and discuss the finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. I'm Mark McKee, Managing Editor, and is it just me, or is the internet wearing pajamas? This is episode 36, featuring the latest finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize in Humor. That finalist is Turkeys, from the series Safety in the Field, part of a body of short film and audio projects inspired by educational audiovisual material, training films, film strips, foreign language instruction records. This entry comes to us from Christian Baskus, with help from Paul Bates, Sonny Brown, and Marcos Martinez. Christian Baskus is an actor, writer, and director. His original work for radio has played and been serialized on non-commercial stations across the U.S. and Canada. He's appeared in motion pictures, plays, and on TV, and recorded popular audiobook versions of works by Charles Bukowski, Richard Ford, Jim Harrison, and others. Make sure you keep listening after the piece to hear contest editor Bailey Boyd and I talk turkeys and consider the subtle and not-so-subtle elements that build its comedy. To echo Christian Baskus, thanks for listening. And now, turkeys from Safety in the Field. Alpha Devro presents North American Hunter Safety, Safety Co-Enterprises, Good Americans for Common Sense, the National Educational Film Strip Corporation of America, the Ralph Devereaux Foundation and the Lower Mohawk Valley Educational Trust present Safety in the Field. <coughs> Hear that? A crisp <coughs> fall morning, breathing deep of nature's essence. Remnants of autumn foliage and tatters adorn the boughs. Senses taught, attuned to the serene harmonies of the turkey woods. Here's how the pros talk turkey. They stay in one spot, don't move around, and use their calls to let the big gobblers know they've got competition for the breeding females in the area. Practicing turkey calls is lots of fun. But did you know that over half of all fatal turkey hunting accidents occur when someone mistakes Mark? another person for a turkey? Mark? Hey, Mark, is that you? Mark? Stop right there. Mark, is that you? That's right, Jonesy. If you ever hear a turkey calling, never, ever Shit. walk in trail. that direction. Mark? It's the first rule of the Where Turkey Hunter's Code of Safety. Is that you over there? Got you now, cavron. Ow! Ow! The law of the wilderness, as timeless, as inviolable as the commandments etched in stone. A Ow! sacred contract between man and nature. Because it could be not a turkey, but another hunter. So, so you were turkey hunting. Calling turkeys in, you know, and 
this guy, pinche pendejo, he just came out of nowhere. Yeah, stupid. Not gonna make it. Alpha Devro, Safety Co. USA with the Lower Mohawk Valley Education okay, Trust cut. and the Ralph Foundation presents Back in 30. Safety okay. in the Field. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, man. Look at me. Look at this costume. Fucking stage blood. It's everywhere. I was hoping to take this home. With the assistance of Ingemar Hasp, Ph.D. Allen Hancock College, and support from the estate of the late Robert Neff Williams. Hey, that was some good work you did back there. Oh, please. You okay? No, I fell down a hill. Did you see that? Hey, that looks like poison oak down there. Oh, fuck me. 30 minutes. That's very realistic. I don't know why you're not getting a million bucks a picture. Oh, fuck off. Where'd you learn to do that? Hey. Hey, I just thought of something. Remember our Chicano farm worker adaptation of, of Mice and Men? I forgot that. Hablame de los conejitos. Por the love of God. Tendríamos una vaca. We will have a cow, and maybe we'll have a pig and chickens. And down below, on the field, we'll have a an alfalfa patch for the rabbits. Yes, for the rabbits. That was pretty darn good. Ahead of the curve on that one. Oh, fuck yeah. Hey, hey, a Hemingway short story, okay? We could adapt this. The Short Happy Life of Francis McCumber. Nah, nah. Adapted by the Classics Illustrated. Oh. Yeah, because comic books are popular now. You could do like big puppets. Right, stylized movements, masks. Yeah. Yeah. You could get a station wagon and go on tour. Right, all the retirement homes. Well, we'll play McCumber. Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was good. He could still do it. He was that good. He's dead. Either of the white guys, both. At the same time. He OD'd. Dig him up. Prop him up in a chair. He's dead. Other actors can pretend he's talking. I have this idea that Lombok is really the land of the dead. We might see him. Okay. Standing at the crosswalk, waiting for a light to change. He might pop out of the bushes. He'd ignore us. Yeah. What the fuck? Look at that. Hey, what is that? That's a little flying drone. Yeah. Looking at us. Hey, look at me. Yeah. Hey. Fuck you. You think you can hit it from here? Fuck yeah. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Don't, don't actually do it. Could that be the one they used to, to fake the moon landing? Oh yeah. Looks like it, right? A lot of that secret government mind control conspiracy media production is done right here in this area. Do they cast locally? I don't know. We should look into it. Oh, please. Okay, here's my audition, Crap Acting 101. An older British hack actor taught me to do this. You indicate skillfully to, to get into the real emotion. Just empty your lungs like, 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 do it. Like, and you just, it starts a muscular convulsion going in your abdomen. Like sobbing, right? Right, yes, yeah, sobbing. <laughs> And then your lower lip. It's very good. And, and <laughs> That's, oh man. Hey, 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 wait. Bastard walked out on you. Fucker. Ah. 
Apropos of what I said earlier about Lompoc being the land of the dead. But yeah? I had this dream where I was revisiting some part of town I'd been in when I was young, and everything was closed. It was dark. And these once lively places I'd frequented in my youth were now just empty lots with coyotes prowling. Well, where was this? L.A., up toward Beechwood Canyon. But in the dream, the houses were gone or abandoned like a ghost town with weeds growing through the sidewalks, cracked pavement. It was desolate. So this is like stepping back into one's past. Yeah, only I think it's also the disintegration of oneself from aging. I realize how much I've moved on from what I was back then. Yes, that's the trip. Maybe it's just a place I like to visit. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Is that a quiet time of day? Yeah. See, this this elegiac discussion, this lyrical kind of discussion between two innocent young men on the threshold of some kind of life passage, maybe it involves like trout fishing or going to war or nude bathing or something. Anyway, this is what I'm talking about. This is the work we should be doing. I'm just lying here on this grass, looking up at the sky as it turns dark. You know, it's very beautiful. It's all about the beauty and the healing, isn't it? Yeah, the healing. Are you smoking a joint? Yeah. Yeah, healing. Like the trauma of, of war, say, like followed by this surrender into this cleansing, this cleansing water. You just strip naked and, you know, you dive and, and return to this innocent adolescent state of pure potential. Big two-hearted river. Oh, God. Hemingway. Imagine when that story came out in 1920-whatever. I mean, can you imagine? Like, you mind if I do some yoga poses? No, not at all. Like Maxwell Perkins, it's coming across his desk and he's going like, oh, what the fuck? Who is this guy? The whole generation of artists and writers, there was just such vigor in them, you know? There was so much that hadn't been done yet and they worked, they, they killed birds and they went and they, hey, hey, are you even listening? Hey. Hey, what's this? Ah! Uh, oh! Ah, hell! What, what did you, what, what did you do? Oh, 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 holy shit. What? A big giant rattlesnake. Oh, shit. Do you know what yeah, to do? Do you want me to do, do something? An emergency Didn't situation deep in the wilderness? It? Far from holy help. Holy shit. I don't want oh, to touch right, it, Jonesy. Get it off. Use the gun. Shoot it. Oh, okay. Oh, God, it's huge. Stop moving Listen. around. When involved in any outdoor get, activity. Get away from me. Use three of anything. Three shots from a firearm. I got him. Yeah. Three shock blasts on. on a whistle. I've come whistle. in. Oh, thank God. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, Lord. Hey, look, it's the world's oldest production assistant with his quad buggy. I'm here. You're here. Okay. Hey, he's here. Yeah, I saw you guys. I saw you guys with my drone cam. Oh, that was you. Yeah. And then I heard shooting. What happened? Did you shoot him? No, no. We were discussing Ernest Hemingway's early work and... and... Did you shoot him? No! I shot the snake! What snake? He was doing yoga and this big snake bit him! Oh my god. Oh. Yeah! There's the snake! What's left of it? Oh, yeah, it's a. Whoa, that's a big one! 
Let me see where he... Ooh. That's a bad snake bite. Shit. Whoa. Oh. Oh. I told you guys, be careful. There's snakes here. Yeah, well, huh? that's getting swollen. Oh, sweet Jesus. Look at that. Can you get him to a hospital? Oh, we don't have time. We're going to have to make an incision and suck out the poison. Oh, no. Let's get the tourniquet on him. Motherfucker. Oh, shit. Stay calm. Don't worry. I've, I've done this before. Hold this guy down. Ah. Uh. Help me. Hold this guy down, damn it! It's gonna be okay. Don't struggle. He seems to be having trouble breathing. chest compressions. Yeah, that's good. Keep that up. You know, I loved a movable feast when I was young. You... What? I said I loved a movable feast. Hemingway, right? Uh, yeah. Really? Oh, is there a music in Paris? book changed my life. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it when I was like 14, you know. Found it in the library. My God. You could live so cheaply in Paris back then. Yeah. Not like now. That's for sure. And I thought, oh, shit. That's how I'm going to spend my life. Living for art among artists. You can get like a a bagel, a, a bottle of wine for like... Two francs. Oh, well, you know, I think a lot of people idealized it in that way. Hey, what are you doing? Sterilizing my pocket knife. Oh. Wow. What? Well, you know, I was just going to say, I read that book too. Yeah? And. What? Well, like, here we are. We ended up doing this in Lompoc. (laughs) How about that? Okay, I gotta make the incision now. Hold him down. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's gonna be fine. Don't worry. Here, that's got it. Help me get the suction pump connected. It hurts! Gee. Gee, you're really equipped. Oh, well, yeah, you know. See, I think Hemingway tried to use the principles of modern visual art to create a stripped-down prose style. Well, yeah, yeah. He was trying to do with words what Cezanne did with paint. Well, yeah, yeah, a generation or so earlier. To capture that epiphany, uh, the evanescence, the, the moment of seeing, you know? We're once fully alive, and you suddenly grasp the essence of things. Yeah, but that's lost on most people who read Hemingway. Oh, oh, tell me about it. They're idiots. It's just, you know, the hunting, the manly adventure. Most things are lost on most people. You get it. Yeah, I get it. I knew that about you. The moment I saw you, I said, this guy gets it. I do? Yeah. Oh. Hemingway got up in the morning, sharpened his pencils, and wrote. Right? Yeah, well, yeah. And that's why we care. That's why he's significant. All the machismo, the swagger, the sailfish derbies, you know, that whole bullshit persona. It's bullshit. It's irrelevant. Uh, He seems to be losing control of his functions. Oh, that's the poison coming out of his system. Don't worry about it. You'll be fine. What? 
Uh, I wasn't sure about you guys at first. I, I admit it. I thought, oh, uh, actors. Yeah. Children of paradise. Yeah. Morons. Oh. Uh, my ass. <laughs> oh. Oh, my hunting pants. Yeah. I'm sorry. Alpha Devro Productions, North American Hunter Safety, Safety Co. Enterprises, and Good Americans for Common Sense, thank you all for watching Safety in the Field. It sounds as though these local students from public elementary and intermediate schools throughout this fertile region have prepared a special musical serenade. Hey. What is that? A chorus? Oh, that's the kids from the local junior high and elementary schools. It's a quaint sort of a musical program they like to do around here in the evening. Oh. Off in the distance. Yeah. Kind of old-timey. Okay. Let's get him up on the quad. Easy does it. My brain. <laughs> Poor guy. Okay, we better skedaddle. Hang in there, buddy. I'm taking you to the clinic. Hey, uh, no doubt I'll be seeing you around soon. Bye, Mark. Hang in there. And thanks. Great working with and you. And so, as we wind up another outdoor adventure, until next time, don't forget this simple message from all of us at Safety Co. USA. Safety, Safety is, is no, no accident. Perfect. And remember, radio producers... It costs nothing to add a dog to your cast. No imaginary animals were harmed in the recording of this program. Hello, Oddcast listeners, and welcome back. You've just listened to Turkeys, which is from a series uh, called Safety in the Field. Uh, it's part of a body of short film and audio projects inspired by educational audiovisual material. It features Christian Baskus, Paul Bates, Sonny Brown, and Marcos Martinez. And it is, uh, there's, there's a lot going on here uh, that will be fun to kind of dive into. It's it's fun in the first place because it presents us with a kind of meta situation to begin with. It's kind of a behind the scenes as these two actors are, are, are shooting a pun on shooting, uh, are shooting a, a safety commercial for our safety PSA for people, for hunters who use turkey calls and kind of the beginning they're taking the beginning shots of, of, of putting together something that's warning hunters to, to take care in the field and pretty quickly we see these actors kind of like devolve into a conversation about acting and about adaptations that they might do which i thought was a made for a really funny kind of insight into the pretensions of actors and there's a there's a variety of ways in which those pretensions are laid out the first one is when they start talking about hemingway and as they are one of the actors you know, mentions that he's going to do some yoga poses. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is, I think this is 
it's it's in the neighborhood of when they see a drone appear and at first they just kind of mugging for the drone and kind of like hurling obscenities at it and then they start to ponder and this is the first like you know for me really really funny line is when they're 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 inquiring as to whether like oh is that is that the same drone or is that the same kind of machinery used to kind of fake the moon landing <laughs> but the immediate question after that is like how do you get cast in a conspiracy video we better look into that <laughs> right uh so we already have we have this kind of this this motion of the actors and then as the other actors doing the yoga poses he's bit by a rattlesnake which yeah. brings um the and in another one of my favorite lines which brings to the scene the world's oldest production assistant driving a quad boogie. Driving his quad boogie. To the rescue, yeah. To the rescue. I mean, kind of post, post this, this situation where the gun that the, uh, the one actor who's not been bit has, when he uses it to, to kill this rattlesnake that's still attached to the guy's leg. I mean, this is really the thing that brings the, the world's oldest production assistant but rather than, you know, as he, as he determines what the situation actually is, oh, this guy's been bit by a rattlesnake. Oh, it's a bad bite. We're, we don't have enough time to get him to a hospital or, you know, or the clinic rather. Um, so we're going to have to open it up and, and suck the poison out. And I'm not sure that, I'm not clear that they ever really do suck the poison out. I guess there are some, some sound effects at a, at a certain point that suggest that that's happening. But more of what's happening is a continued conversation about Hemingway. Yeah, the bite is so bad they don't have time to get, to get the, the actor to a clinic, but they do have time to discuss Hemingway. Yeah, and, and really pontificate about it too in, in a way that, that lets you know that on some level, if the audience is really in on the joke, that they're more interested in the flex of that pontification than actually knowing something real about Hemingway. And they both kind of take these different tracks. They eventually yoke him to Cezanne on some level as, as another indication of their, their superior intellect and kind of thoughtfulness about, about the arts. Meanwhile, in the background, we get this person writhing in pain, moaning, losing control of bodily functions. And the very thing that they're kind of critiquing about Hemingway at one point, right? That it's the, it's the bravado and the, the machismo that Hemingway is kind of known for, if you know him superficially, is all a bullshit cover. And, you know, it's just a way of kind of looking at finding insight in these different you know, things. Meanwhile, there's an honest man versus nature scenario happening right behind them that is less important than them talking about what they think the they know about Hemingway. Yeah, just in the background. Fine. I, one of the ways I think that this piece is really successful is that it, it's layering all these things and yeah. trusting the audience to uh, to see the humor that's there, but also to kind of appreciate the darkness that's just casually deployed. Mm -hmm. I think the understatements, uh, the under the underplaying of of some of the elements here are what's working best. For sure. Um, and I think I think back to, I mean, earlier on when they're talking about casting their 
um, the Latino version of, of, of Mice and Men, then they start talking about casting Philip Seymour Hoffman and one actor mentions, but he's dead and he could still do it. Yeah, but I, this piece is just, has all of those small little things, like little mm -hmm. things to find. Um, but I think, you know, it doesn't, doesn't dwell too long on any of those. And really quickly we're on to the next kind of very casual, you know, instance of humor. Um, mm -hmm. And then it, so it's just kind of like this, this stitched together, you know, small moments of humor in this, in this way that's really done very well. And I loved all the elements too. You know, I think the audio, even just the audio itself, the many things that are going on, you know, beyond the humor, but also just gave me such a sense of place and, you know, this, this setting that actually I, I felt like I was watching it rather than just listening to it. And so I think that was, that was really, really impressive for me so that I could, so that the, that humor did land so that I wasn't spending this time kind of creating these images in my head. I got those right away so that the humor came through for me really quickly and easily. And I think, yeah, this piece has so many things going on, so much complexity that allows for the humor to come through. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that really rewards uh, a re-listening to. So you should you should rush to do that. There's sure. a, yet another layer is the kind of, the way that the announcer in, in kind of perfect, stereotypical announcer voice sometimes interrupts the proceedings. It's this kind of sheen of professionalism that, uh, that again, is totally oblivious. Uh, it really, it, on some level, it, it feels like it fits into the category of humor that's kind of, that's, that's been contemporary for a while now, where the people that you're getting to see and the, and the behaviors that they're, they're exhibiting are become vehicles for us to kind of, you know, stand in judgment of them on some level. Yeah. We, we see like people behaving in ways that we obviously wouldn't want to in the same scenario. And there's some kind of, I mean, one of the, one of the mysteries of humor for me is, is the way that that works. An element of surprise is there, an element of the, and I, I think that they help craft this with the visualizations that you're talking about. And also the, just like the little bits that they get kind of just right about working actors who are, who are kind of not, uh, not at a level where, where they're, where they're working regularly or, or kind of household names at all. Right. But on one level, one of the things that we're also getting, even as we're standing in judgment on these characters is that you must need some amount to have some amount of pretension and in order to pursue pursue anything in the arts we have a i think we have a common sense understanding that pretension is is bad or it it's it's a negative and it's it's off-putting but it also feels like a necessary evil for anybody who's going to kind of like risk livelihood or or kind of steady paychecks to pursue a career in the arts, um, acting or writing or anything else. I think that's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought and analysis too of 
of this particular piece. And lest we devolve into <laughs> versions of them, <laughs> where yeah. we steer, where we steer toward our own pretensions, best to sign off, I think, and and say, go listen again. I think you'll be rewarded. And of course, I will echo echo that invitation to listen to it again as we've listened to it several times and and have found new things to chuckle at and to think about each time that we've listened to it and so I will I will just echo Mark and say yes please go listen to it again um, and thanks for listening to it and to us all right this is the part where we say goodbye this is the part where Bailey waves at the audio bye Thanks for being here with us for Miller Oddcast 36, featuring turkeys from the series Safety in the Field from Christian Baskus and featuring Paul Bates, Sonny Brown, and Marcos Martinez. Oddcast 37 is on its way soon, so look forward to listening to that in the coming days. Thanks, as always, to the Missouri Review Contest editor Bailey Boyd and to Patricia Miller for her generous support for the Miller Audio Prize. Just as a reminder, TMR is open for submissions year-round, and we remain dedicated to discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Be heard. Give us the opportunity to discover you. Subscribe, or submit your work today. In addition, we have tons of exhilarating and free creative content to read, listen to, and even watch on our website. Learn more at MissouriReview.com.